is in. It's Hello and welcome to Cannon Fodder and all things Arsenal podcast. I'm Fred. I'm Tim. And we have another win to talk to you guys about. Arsenal hosted Newcastle in the Premier League and we beat them 3-0. It's a great, great game. A few talking points that we're going to get into. Um, We saw some young players continue to grow in confidence and influence. We're looking at you, Emil Smith-Rowe and Bakayo Saka. Um, And I think, I mean, not necessarily for the future, but almost more importantly for right now, um, our captain, Albemiang, finally got a couple goals in the Premier League. Scored two goals, and the first of which was a really, really good goal. Um, and he had a he had a good game overall. But we'll we'll touch on him because um, he's been a a bit of a sort of sore subject lately. Um, despite the fact that we've been playing a little bit better, he had been lagging behind a little bit. But Tim, um, let's go ahead and jump into those lineups. Um, first off, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, how do you feel about Arsenal uh, right now? kind of good times and then tell me what you thought about that lineup i'm doing good dude um i i want to say that i'm really excited about arsenal because i am but i'm also a little bit i'm just really nervous about the running games we have coming up so we've been we've been burnt before tim we've been burnt before (laughs) i'm not as optimistic as i used to be yeah, no, nah, I feel that 100%. I'm not as optimistic as like back in the day when we used to do this kind of 3-0 against Newcastle thing like all the time. It almost felt like it was in our sleep yeah. back under Arsene Wenger when I first started watching Arsenal, honestly. Um, and then recently, though, it has been a bit of a struggle. Um, you know, we've been a little bit better in the big games against the big teams, the top teams, and maybe struggled against the low blocks and the smaller teams. So it, it's good that we've been lately kind of beaten up on the likes of Newcastle and West Brom and and stuff like that. So hopefully we can build on it. But um, yeah. jumping into that lineup, um, did anybody catch you off guard? Were you excited about any selections, or was it pretty much as expected? You know, it was about a, you know what I expected. I was, yeah. I I thought that um, Gabriel would start over Louise. Um, same, same. And I thought Ainsley McNiles would start over Cedric, but mm. you know. Cedric is right back. So I was like, okay, great. Good for him. Yeah. I want to touch on that selection uh, towards the end of the podcast. Once we kind of are wrapping up, I want to talk about Maitland Niles a little bit and maybe, you know, where he's going, where his Arsenal career is going. Cause it could be yeah, not great. Sure. So. I mean, when I did think about um, when the lineup came out, I thought as much as I do like Maitland uh, Niles, I really do like him a lot. Um, I just thought, a game like this, Cedric has experience. You know, Arteta's even come out and being like, "Yeah, he's our our best defender in the final third, which I think mm-hmm. is just him kind of saying that to a certain extent because Tierney yeah. is obviously our best defender in the final third. Maybe um, full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just he's the best. I think he's the best left back in the Premier League right now. But um, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think he's better than Robertson at Chilwell. Chilwell, yeah, but Chilwell's very. Those players are really good, but I, I think Tierney, he, he combines that like sort of uh, his crossing ability and his decisiveness. He combines that with very, very really good, good defending, uh, defensive. Yeah, and I was gonna say maybe sometimes those other two can get caught out a little bit. Not that they're bad. Obviously, they're fantastic players, but I think Tierney, he, he needs to prove it over time, like those two have. Yeah, for sure. But I think just, I mean, we're a little bit biased, obviously, but 
just from the the beginnings of his like as Tyranny's kind of getting into his groove as an Arsenal player, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, but when I saw Cedric and I was like, okay, he's is an experienced player. Yeah, um, definitely. Who's, you know, he's never, you know, in the few games that he has played. Obviously, I think this was his first start in the Premier League for us. Um, but you know, when he's playing Europa League and FA Cup or in Carabao Cup and all the little random things, he he hasn't necessarily played bad. Mm-hmm. But you could, I, I think it, you know, this was definitely his best game for us. But more than for anything, sure. the lineup wasn't really that bothersome to me. It was just Louise. I was a little bit bothered because I feel like when we played it was Crystal really, Palace. Yeah, Chris, sorry, Crystal Palace. Whoops. <laughs> it, was such a, it was such a shite game that I've already Yeah, nil-nil. Uh, yeah, 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 that no-no. You know, we both talked about, and it was just incredible to, you know, if you didn't see it happen. But David Luiz slowed down the way we played so mm. much. He was playing yeah. the game at just the the beat of his own drum, just playing in a completely different way. So for me, I I just I thought it was kind of like, oh wow, like I can't believe he's in the starting lineup. And yeah. to be fair to him, he did. I think he did play a little bit better. He moved the ball a little bit better, but it still, yeah. you know, didn't help us that much. I mean, and getting into the game, you yeah. know that that first half how'd you feel about it it was it was a curious half just because i feel like every arsenal fan was just a smidge nervous because of what we were just talking about that previous result in the league um to crystal palace that nil nil it was just a bit of a drab performance so going through the entire first half without a goal um i'd say at the end of it it felt like really worrisome and i was like really nervous um but as i've kind of like rewatched some highlights and thought about that a little bit more. I didn't rewatch the entire first half, even though I did want to, um, because I've heard this opinion elsewhere and it's definitely one I agree with, but we were not that bad. Like we were pretty good. We had some chances. Um, I think it was about the 16th minute that Aubameyang hit the post with an absolute sitter of a chance that he should put away. Like, yeah, the keeper tips it and he, you know, Aubameyang has to adjust, but he's the quality of striker that should be putting that away. Um, Yeah, for sure. So I, I felt like just in general, though, beyond that, um, we we were moving the ball pretty quickly. We had Emil Smith-Rowe and Bakayo Saka dropping into some dangerous areas. And then the one thing about the lineup we didn't quite mention was that Thomas Party started. Um, yeah. And I think oh, that yeah. had a, it had a massive influence on how quickly we moved the ball around. I was going to say when you were talking about Louise and how slowly he moved the ball at times against Crystal Palace. In this game, I felt like he sped it up because he always had an option. He had a little bit more of an option. And because the players around him, whether that be holding, to an extent, Granite Shaka, but especially Thomas Party, um, they were like demanding the ball. And they were getting it, and they were moving forward, and they were passing yeah. it. So and, and Louise kind of had to step up a little bit. Yeah. Well, and the stats showed as well, um, off the stats after the game, is that um, you know, the majority of our passing from our center backs came from holding, not from Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what that exactly what that says, but you know, holding by far has been our most consistent central defender all season. And he's getting yeah. a little bit better. I feel like every game. That's a good so point. Yeah, definitely. I think, and holding had a great game. I mean, he honestly didn't have that much to do defensively, especially in right. the first half. Cause we had a, you know, the vast majority of the possession yep. in the first half. And, you know, we had, I would say we had a couple of chances, you know, one mm. really good and maybe, you know, two or three kind of half chances, a couple things yeah. up, up being snatched at. 
but it, for the most part, it was a really frustrating first half because I feel like, you know, we did have Partey in there and you could see his quality you know, right from the get go. And we, and we had holding who I thought was passing really well out from the back. He was kind of trying to push the ball forward. You know, Mill Smith row was all over the place. I feel mm. like Tierney kind of had a quiet first half, um, a which bit, was, yeah. worried, it worried me a little bit because I was thinking, okay, like, you know, we just found out he's got this muscle strain. He got an MRI. The club maybe kind of overdid it a little bit, you know? Yeah. And so I was a little bit worried um, yeah. after that first half because I was like, okay, he's not bombing down that left side like he normally was he wasn't like snapping into the challenges like normally it definitely felt like he was pacing himself which in a game like that you know it was mature but it was a little worrisome for me so yeah but yeah i mean when that first half was over i was thinking to myself like 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 this is not Enough. Like not That's again. Not enough. Like yes, we <laughs> yeah we yeah, had yeah. yeah we had possession, and we were moving the ball around, but it was it still wasn't good enough. We didn't have that cutting edge. It just wasn't yeah. there yet. We know? didn't have the quality in the final third. I feel like our build up yeah. play was good. We were we were defending well. I think you're right to to highlight Rob Holding just in general, but he's just a, ever like just growing in confidence, and he's just a calming presence at the back because he. Like you said, didn't have a whole lot to deal with this game. Newcastle didn't have too much about them going forward other than the odd counterattack. But you do have to deal with Andy Carroll in the air, and you do have to deal with a couple little pesky players. So there's not nothing to do. There's not a whole lot to do. But he controlled the game really well, and when he was called upon to clear a ball, he did well. And then his passing was good. But yeah, so I think the main point about that first half, it was hard to see this, but our build-up play was good. Our defending was good. Our overall just movement and just the... I guess like confidence with which we were playing was good. It was just all kind of just barely falling apart in the final third and, and chances were going out for corners more so than they were going out for, um, or more so than we were actually like getting shots on target. I think we had about six or seven shots in the first half and that's not a, that's not a terrible tally, um, but it's not anything particularly good. So yeah, that, that first half wound down. And like you said, I was a bit nervous just cause we'd come off the back of this nil nil yeah, crystal palace it just, game. It just felt like we'd like, the way I, I was thinking about it, just trying to put more words to it, is when I looked at Young and I looked at the couple of chances he had, like, you know, there's that one where he was um, he was on the left side, he's running at the defender, and he, he you know, kind of acts like he's going to cut in right, then mm. goes back to the left and just blazes the ball over the over the bar. Yeah. You know, he had these, these little situations where it just looked like he didn't have that much confidence. You know, it just looked like he yeah. wasn't comfortable in the position, which was, it was frustrating to me. Cause I'm like, dude, you were, you were literally have been one of like in the last three and a half seasons, the best striker in the premier league, you know, yeah. at the very top of, you know, goals per game, you know, per mm. minutes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Guys, incredible players. So it was kind of disheartening, but you know, going into the second half, I feel I don't know what Arteta said to them. I don't know what exactly changed 100%. You know, maybe we just kind of clicked a little bit better, but I feel like we came out in the second half, we really started like putting pressure on them and keeping the pressure on them. Yeah, definitely. I I think I think you're totally right. Um it it's it's funny to think back to to football in the Premier League and Arsenal specifically. 
back, you know, after lockdown, when Project Restart happened, and we just got back to playing football after the COVID-19 break um, last season, last year, um, they had introduced, you know, the drinks breaks, if, uh, one break extra in the first half and one break extra in the second half, just because the players were short on fitness and it was hot. They don't normally play in the summer and that kind of stuff. So they introduced that. But we always looked really good after the drinks breaks. Um, and that's because Arteta had a chance to kind of like either get some further instruction to his players or just light a fire under their asses. Um, and that's a really encouraging sign to me at the time. And then it is now because we seem to kind of start second halves really well. I think we've got like a pretty, it's a pretty crazy high percentage of our goals scored have come in the first 15 minutes of the second half. Um, I, I can't remember where I saw that stat. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but that's when we've scored the vast majority of our goals. Um, so coming out of that team talk, like you said, Arteta must have just said the right things, done the right things because we just moved that ball around a little bit better, um, a little bit quicker, and we just felt more decisive and more confident um, yeah. going forward. And it didn't take long. It didn't take long at all um, for us to get on the score sheet and for that uh, that deadlock to get broken. Um, Abemiang scored that first goal in the 50th minute of the second half. And it was a fantastic goal. Why don't you walk it, walk us through it? So it was a Newcastle corner, mm. and I can't remember who clears the ball, but yeah, he he and Cedric just pops it right into Partey. Partey takes two very good touches, I believe, and yes. separates from his man, and just looks up, bam, hits that ball out wide to Aubameyang. And here's a point I really want to make, and I think this is has a a really big impact on i think the way our bum young's form yeah is you see how quickly Partey separates from his man with two smart touches it's two or three touches i think it's just two his first touch is so. good then he takes one touch to get around the guy and he just looks up and hits that ball and i i don't think that's the hardest ball in the world to spray out to the left side like that but it's mm-hmm. the speed of it, the yes. weight of it. It's the perfect pass, and he does it so quickly. Aubameyang's, he's he's running. He's yeah. running into space at a defender, and I think that's where you're going to find him at his best. You mm. know, And I think a similar that's thing could be point. said for Pepe. Yeah. Pepe is the best when he's running onto the ball in space You know, with a defender because Pepe 90% of the time beats his first man. You know? Yeah. And Bumyang is similar. Similar, yeah. The amount definitely. of pace and ball control he has, he's gonna he's gonna put the his defender on his heels. So when I saw that ball popped over, I saw Bumyang running. I was like, "Oh baby, come on, come on, come on, come on, come yeah. on, come on." And That's, I was a little yeah. a little worried about that left foot, but he smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. In. Near it post beautiful. finish. Yeah, it's a great great goal. And I think you're you're right to highlight Thomas Party's. I mean, I don't want to say he completely made that goal because Abemyang still had a lot to do. So he's Abemyang scored that goal and it was a great goal. Um, but what we saw from Thomas Party in the build up to it is just what we've lacked um, all season. I would argue um, maybe a little bit less so since Smith Rose kind of come into the team and you know just kind of popped into some of those half spaces and made himself available like a passing option. You know, um, yeah. but as far as Thomas Party making that space, spraying that pass out, he's he's a player. I, I, I do want to touch on him again at the end. Um, but I do, I do like the point you made about how that's that's the type of football Abemyang wants to play. 
He wants to, oh, we won back one back possession. I'm making a run. Please pass it to me. You know, that's the kind of that's the big space player that that Pepe is as well. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't gotten that type of service. So it's it's you kind of hope that maybe Pepe can get some minutes on the field with party um, because it might bring bring the best out of him. But one thing I would say it's going to be really hard for Pepe to get on the pitch when we've seen Bakayo Saka play so well yeah. on the right side, um, not only as a kind of true touchline winger on the right side at times, but also he, he cuts inside and he creates um, really, uh, really well as well. So, and it was just 10 minutes later that Bakayo Saka did get his goal. Um, the second goal in the 60th minute, uh, a little bit different than that one. Um, I think yeah. we won back possession, um, Abemyang played it to to Smithrow on the left hand side, and I I loved this so much. Um, and this is where we can kind of harp on Smithrow a little bit, because while he had a good game, just overall, just you know popping around doing Smithrow things, this moment was just like really really cool to see and really massive for me because you see a player like Emil Smithrow coming through the ranks making an influence on the first team and you your first reaction is to be a little bit hesitant and to be like okay I don't want to overhype this guy up just in case you know he's still really young he's only just turned 20 I think um last year um you don't want to go you don't want to over egg the pudding you don't want to go too crazy about him but he keeps proving time and time again that he is the right type of player and also he's got incredible quality and he's got I think primarily just a just really high football IQ and just really good on yeah. field intelligence. And I think this move kind of yeah. summed it up. So he, he picks the ball up, runs at the center back um, from the left-hand side, and he's not bigger, faster, or stronger than Jamal LaSalle's, the Newcastle, Newcastle defender that's, that's guarding him there. Um, but he just faints inside, faints back outside, creates the space, and it's the perfect pullback on his weaker foot to Bukayo Saka running in about 12 yards out who just smashes it home. Um, it was just a great, great play. And that goal is completely created by Smithrow. It's a great run from Saka to be in the space and a good tidy finish. But but that's just like the type of play that we haven't seen, honestly, since Mesodoso, um, RIP, yeah. uh, was in the team. And so it's just, it was awesome to see that again. Um, and so like we were saying, Pepe, it's going to be hard for him to get back in this team in the Premier League into our best 11 with Bakayo Saka playing from the right. As well as he is. So at that point, 2 nil up, it felt pretty much like job done. And I think you really you know saw what? I would, that. I would in, even say, the players. yeah. I would even say, I, is it, I can't remember. I know it's, I can't remember if it's before. I know it's a little bit after, but even before Saka scores that goal, he has another really, he has a really good chance right before he scores. Yes, yes, you know, yes, yes. You're, you're totally right. And yeah. there's a good block, you know? And then mm-hmm. I think even before he had that chance, Lacazette had a really good chance that, that, that the keeper saved block. really well. The keeper, the keeper, saved, really keeper well. saved it really well. Yeah. So, so we, we were knocking on the door that whole well, we had like half. a Yeah. Well, you know, Aubameyang scores that goal and I feel like it's this huge weight off of a, the team. And then literally yeah. in the space of 10 minutes, you know, we had like two or three really good chances before we popped in the, the goal. Second, and then right yeah. after that second goal, um, Lacazette has that header. Lacazette, no, okay, so that that's one that is a little moment I wanted to bring up because I think Lacazette had a good game, um, yeah, but he does really he, well. He doesn't pop as much in this game specifically because he didn't get on the score sheet like he, he has score, been doing yeah. recently. But I, I rewatching those highlights, that header you're talking about, there is a chance he had right before that to yeah. score. Um, that was the the one that the keeper saved really really well. It's all yeah. the same passage of play. Um, he gets a really good chance, a really good knockdown, and, and fires um, close. Keeper saves well. 
Um, and then they, it, the ball gets rebounded out to the right side. I think this, this moment was actually really fun because um, Cedric, our right back playing this game, has just been much maligned primarily for the way in which he was signed or the setting in which he was signed. Yeah. But he's actually, you know, like we've said, he's a decent he's player decent, in his own right. Decent, yeah. And he's had, he had a very, very good game. But he had a cheeky little backheel nutmeg um, into Saka who then crosses the ball back post that Aubameyang, or sorry, Aubameyang was waiting on it, but Lacazette heads down and the keeper makes a fantastic save. Yeah, it was a really good save. It was all within the space of a minute, minute and a half that Lacazette had two very, very good chances um, right after we had scored. Yeah, I felt he was lucky. Yeah. He was unlucky. Yeah, massively. Um, And yeah, he he continues to play well. He continues to thrive um, with the presence of of Smith Rowe. And I don't know, man, like I feel like just after that second goal went in, obviously it kind of feels like job done a little bit. Um, obviously you have to be careful at the back, but I feel like our, our guys really defended well um, and we made a really smart substitution taking Thomas Party off um, and bringing El Nini on uh, shortly after that second goal because, um, you know, Thomas Party fresh back from injury, want to save his legs as much as possible because we've got some pretty hard fixtures coming up and they're coming up thick and fast. Um, but yeah, we were just creating chance after chance and it felt like we could have scored four more um, or a few more, excuse me. Um, I, there, Lacazette was also close with a um, a penalty box like tap in. I don't know if you remember that. I think Smith Rowe yeah. it was who fired across the box and if Lacazette was two inches taller, he could have gotten his toe to it and poked it home. Um, yeah. So yeah, just and it's great. Play. Right before we scored the third goal, remember we had that breakaway and Smith Rowe just, you know, a bummy under hit pass. Yeah, just didn't yeah. hit it all the way. So it was really the second half for me was so encouraging because I'm like, okay, I'm like not only are we controlling the tempo of the game, we're having yeah. sustained pressure on Newcastle. They didn't do anything in the second half. They you couldn't. Know? Yeah, they couldn't because we kept the pressure on them. We controlled the flanks because of how well we were defending the middle of the pitch was totally secure because Xhaka and Partey both had really good games, which allowed Smith road to drift and do all the stuff he's really good at. Mm -hmm. So it was really encouraging. Um, But yeah, that third goal, some, uh, some really good play by Cedric. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, Yeah. He, it was, there was a question of if, if whether or not that ball went out when he, he followed that run in, on the touchline. Um, I think it was Bakayo Saka who, who fed the ball into him um, after a, a short corner. Um, but just as it looked like the pressure was dissipating, Cedric runs in behind, gets close to the touchline, fires in a really, really low and hard cutback, um, taking out just basically the whole Newcastle defense and goalkeeper. Um, and Abemyang just kind of tapped her home, just kind of slotted it home, basically just played a wall pass. So, I mean, yeah. that was, that was three nil. That was job done. Um, it felt like we could have scored more, not that we needed to. Um, but we, we definitely could have, I mean, you wouldn't have been surprised if that game was five nil, um, just the way we played in that second half. So just like you said, it was really encouraging. It was encouraging to play against a team granted a slightly lower level opposition, um, that sit deep and try to clog up that midfield, similarly to the way that Crystal Palace played um, the week before. Um, but it was good to see us unpick that lock and to play well and to just convert our chances and to have a lot of chances that we didn't convert. And just running yeah. through some stats at the end of it, um, 
like I know it's been a bit of a problem with Arsenal. It was it was definitely the case under Unai Emery and definitely the case under Arteta's sort of early reign is that we didn't have too many shots. We didn't have a super high expected goals tally and all that kind of stuff. But in this game, we had almost 70% possession. We had 20 shots, seven of which were on target. We had well over 600 passes. Like we, we dominated this game. There's no other way yeah. to put it. Um, and that was just really awesome. So, I mean, it pretty much wound down from there. We made a couple other subs, um, kind of saved some legs of some, some important players, um, which was nice to see Smith Rowe being one of those. We, we definitely are going to need him um, coming up. So, so just kind of moving on from the game. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to touch on, but, you know, 3-0, job done. It, it, was, a, it was a great yeah, game. It was just seemed, the way we finished the game, it just seemed really professional to me. Everything just sort of worked yeah. the way. Because even, you know, Partey only played what, like seven, almost 70 minutes. Yeah. You know? 68 minutes off, or something like that. Yeah. He came off, you know, El Nini came on and did fine. You know, yeah. He kept the ball moving around, made sure Newcastle couldn't get a foot in the game just by his consistency. I think he had like 96 per, uh, above 95 or 96% pass completion when he came on. Yeah, that's great. You know, for the last 25 minutes, just kept the ball moving, you know, just didn't let them get a foot in the game. You know, and even Abumyang getting, you know, William came on and then Gabriel came on. You know, it's good to see him back. You know, obviously he was only on for like five minutes or something. He didn't get to do much, but right, yeah. You know, it just felt like we put ourselves in a position to just see the game out three nil. You know, four clean sheets. Mm. It was that's awesome, five you know? five clean sheets in a row. Almost just four. Uh, the it goes it stretches back to the Chelsea game, so that was three one. They scored right at the end, remember? And then yeah. it's been five, oh, including the FA Cup. It's been four Premier League clean sheets in a oh, row. Yeah, I was just five. I was just talking about yeah. Premier League. Five sounds better, Tim. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, we defended well, we attacked well, we executed well. Um, we just really kind of neutralized this game. So, so moving on, moving forward, I want to touch on a couple things. We're going to talk about the schedule that we've got coming up, which is going to be grueling. Um, but there's just a handful, maybe three or four players, um, I wanted to touch on before we touch on that, uh, the schedule in the upcoming games. Um, yeah, Thomas party, uh, we've already talked about him a good bit, so we don't have to wax lyrical too much longer. Um, but it was just really, really impressive um, how well he played and how much he dominated that midfield. And he kind of brought up the level of everyone else around him. Um, a point yeah, I wanted sure. to make on him was, you know, it's what you talked about when he, he created that chance for Aubameyang to go on and score that first goal. It's he receives the ball. First touch, control. Second touch was always forward. Um, the club came out with a video highlighting, showing every single touch that he had every single pass every single touch every single everything good or bad that he had in that game and almost every single time first touch control the ball second touch forward third touch pass so he's just moving the ball so much quicker and this has just been something that arsenal have been so guilty of is just moving the ball slowly and not passing quick enough and taking too many touches we've got a few too many players like that granite shaka is definitely one of them danny ceballos is one of them el nini is one of them I feel like Granite Shaka raised his level and raised his style of play a little bit to kind of match what Party was doing. Um, just because like it was so much better. It was so good. It was such a calming presence. He really didn't look like he got out of third or fourth gear. Um, and he just dominated that midfield. And Shaka had a great game as well. You know, he had over a hundred passes, almost ninety percent 
um, pass completion, you know, like really good game stats wise. Um, but as that game grew on, you kind of saw Shaka taking less touches and passing quicker. And I feel like that's just because his partner in midfield there was was doing that and kind of showing him how things need to be done. So hopefully that's an encouraging sign for for that partnership going forward because I feel like Arteta's going to lean into that a little bit in the big games um, that uh, Thomas Party granted Shaka double pivot. Um, but yeah, Party, anything else you want to add to it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Yeah, he did have a good game. But I think more than anything, what I was really pleased with was just. I, I'm I'm glad that we're taking our time to get him into the team with with the kind yeah. of fixtures we have coming up with how busy everything is. I'm glad, you know, they only played, you know, 20 minutes or so against Crystal Palace. I'm glad he only played, you know, 65 minutes, six, seven minutes against Newcastle because we have a mm-hmm. lot of really tough games coming up and we need him we will in, the, yeah. in those games, you know, we're going to need him. We're going to need all of our players. Cause we have so many games, you know, just within like a two day period, three day period, you know, it's yeah. really intense the schedule we have coming up. So yeah, I mean, he's brilliant. He's, he's gonna, he's just going to be so good for us. Um, cause yeah. he's, he's just really calm too. He's calm. Definitely. You know? And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to see him and it, and, you know, I, for me, I look at, um, I look at Partey and I look at just all of his qualities as a player. You look at how much better he is than all of our other central midfield players. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think about all the other people we have out on loan right now. You know, I think about Terrera, I think about Guendouzi, yeah. um, which those two players in my mind, or have almost having complete opposite seasons. Torreira is not playing, you know, he wasn't playing good at Atletico. They don't want him. Yeah. It's a really frustrating loan for him. Guendouzi's having the exact opposite season at Hertha Berlin. He's playing really, really well. Yeah, he has. Um, he's been a big influence over there. Yeah. And he's, I mean, I've, I've tried to keep up with those guys, Um, you know, watching a little bit of La Liga when I can and watching a little bit of Bundesliga and checking out their highlights and stuff. And Guendouzi is playing really well. He looks like he's taken steps forward and he's becoming a better, more mature player. And it looks like Torreira is kind of turning out to be not the kind of player we need or we really want. So it's interesting to me to look at Partey and to think about like, what kind of players do we need? What kind of midfield do we want to have? You know? Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's, you know, just thinking about all that kind of different stuff. And so, man, it, it's just exciting to kind of think about, okay, like now we have this player, you know, I think about yeah. him and I think about Emil Smith Rowe and I'm like, what kind of players can we get? you know, another player in there, or the little, the players who can kind of come in and fill more gaps for us. How can we kind of keep building this dynamic midfield? It's really yeah. exciting. It really is, man. And like, it's, it's so easy to like, to forget the fact that like we signed Thomas party towards the tail end of the transfer window. And it was, it was so exciting. And we talked about it early on this season when he was playing a couple games, took him a few games to get bedded in to get up to fitness. And then he got injured. And we kind of forgot about him. And we also suffered a very, very poor run of form. A couple games in which he was a part of, but but that Tottenham game that he got injured in, ever since then, it's been really bad. Um, and there have been other problems um, that kind of led to that. So it, it was easy to forget that, like, 
man, we signed for $50 million or pounds or euros or whatever. We, we signed a very, very good midfielder, 27 years old, in the prime of his career, just physically, just a cut above most midfielders out there, technically on par with anyone, I'd say, um, any of the top midfielders in the world. I'm talking De Bruyne, Thiago, any of those guys. He's on par with them, I'd say, just with a little bit of more of a physical edge. So, like, he's got the potential to once he's fully bedded in and maybe if he stays healthy, be the best all round center mid in the league. And I don't think that that's like a crazy thing to to think or to hope that he'll become that, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's so cool and so encouraging that like, Oh yeah, we have this guy, we have this 50 million pound asset waiting in the wings to come back. And now he's getting back in. And I agree with you. I like that the club have eased him back in a little bit um, and not rushed him back from injury, even when results weren't going well. So it's nice that, you know, results upticked a little bit and then he comes back in the middle of that. Um, so he gets to play in a team that's full of confidence and it's got some players like Emil Smith Rowe that have kind of burst onto the scene um, to play off of as well. So Thomas party, two thumbs up, great game, great player, super excited about what he's going to bring to our midfield. Um, I wanted to touch on Emil Smith Rowe as well, speaking of the midfield players. Um, I wanted to touch on him, and I want to touch on Aubameyang before the pod's up. Smith Rowe just, he kept popping up in those spaces in this game. You know, he combined so well with Bakayo Saka, um, a couple of Hayland Arsenal Academy graduates. Um, that's so much fun as fans to see that. But it's also so cool and encouraging that he's they're 19 and 20 years old, and Emil Smith Rowe's 20. He solves a massive problem for this club um, in that creative midfield role. Not that we don't need another one because Smith Rowe can't play every game going forward, um, but it, it's it's really nice. And I feel like Arsenal are you can't quite call it luck, but very fortunate that he has come through at the time he did because with a lot of players leaving the club this month, we're talking Ozil, Socrates, Kolasinac. You look back at the past couple seasons um, with Sanchez leaving the way that he did, Mkhitaryan leaving the way that he did, all these players. I think I've read some stat that over the course of the last three seasons, players that we brought in for in the, ra- the range of around 200 million pounds, we've all gotten rid of in the past three seasons and we've gotten zero pounds back for them. Zero. Yeah. That is a massive debt and a massive just like indictment of the club's kind of previous regime and the people running it. And it, it just puts us in a really bad situation. So when you have players like Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe coming through from our academy that have a $0 transfer fee and are free to an extent, it solves so many problems. So I just feel fortunate yeah. as a club. They're, they're going to save the club if they continue on this trajectory, like literally save it financially speaking, and just actually on the pitch the way that they're performing. So I don't know if there's anything yeah, you want to sure. add to that about Smith Rowe, but he just had another good game and his influence just continues to grow. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like he's turning into a really good player, and I think it yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. Um, mm. You know, he kind of ha- he had his uh, kind of disappointing um, loan at Leipzig. Yeah, in Germany. Yeah, a couple seasons ago. Didn't, yeah, just didn't really do much because of uh, injury stuff. Yeah. Um, and then at Huddersfield, he was good. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big step up from playing um, at Huddersfield in the championship to playing, you know, in the Premier League week in and week out. Um, but he's shown, he, you know, he's ready. The same thing with Saka. You know, they're ready to play. Um, they're super mature. They're super intelligent. They're extremely hardworking players. They have a lot to prove. Yeah. And they're hungry. So, yeah. It's awesome. 
It's really cool. And then and, lastly, so yeah. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, you wanted to talk about Aubameyang. Yeah, that was the only thing I was going to mention. The last thing I was going to mention, Aubameyang getting those two goals, him returning to a bit of form. It, it just couldn't come at a better time. The team's on an upward trajectory. The club, we've got players returning from injury. We got players just making their breakthrough. Um, and we need, we do need Aubameyang. We need old, reliable, old trusty who scored so many goals for us in the three and a half seasons he's been here. Um, so yeah, it was massive for him to get those two goals. And I just really hope he can kick on. Talking about Aubameyang, talking about Smith Rowe and Saka, it kind of segues nicely into our kind of fixture list coming up because we have Oof. so many games and we yeah. have players who are so, you know, vital and important to the way that we've are playing right now that are kind of like huge with our uptick in form. Yeah. And so it's kind of nerve wracking. I mean, I texted you like a few hours ago. Yeah. Just being like, it seems impossible for us to get through these run of games with any sort of like results. Yeah. The reality is, I mean, we play Southampton in the FA cup on the 23rd and then on we Saturday three days later in the league on Tuesday. Yeah. 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 And then we play, um, man United next on Saturday, the next yeah, Saturday. Yeah. We play United at home. Then we play wolves away, Ugh. um, on that Tuesday. And then, you know, we kind of get a little bit, you know, we get like a, a four day, you know, gap, bit of a break. Yeah. <laughs> Villa away. Yep, and then potentially if we win that Southampton game, we have to play another game in the FA Cup. Yep, um, you know, just potentially even two days after that game, we might play play on the eighth or we play on the oh, later. God. But then on the fourteenth, we play Leeds at home. Yep, and then we play Benfica away. Mm-hmm. Three days after we play Benfica, we play Man City, and then uh. just. I think it's three or four days after we play. Yeah, City, we that, play the Benfica. next Sunday. Yeah. And then two days after we play Benfica, we play Leicester away. And so it's just a very intense, very intense run of games. Oh, and, and guess what? Not- guess what? So as soon as you think it gets easier after that Leicester game, the end of that crazy run you just ran through. Burnley. Then it feels like we get it gets easier with Burnley. No. If we make it through to the next round of the Europa League, then we have that Thursday round of 16 match first leg then yeah. we have tottenham the next saturday yeah. so like it's it that burnley game might be a little bit of a rest so to speak in quotes even though we just lost to them recently but uh that is an unreal and grueling schedule so we need every member of this squad fit and pulling in the right direction you know we need Sabayos and yeah. mari back from injury as soon as possible because we need that depth we need that rotation it's it's almost causing me like when we talk about lineups at the beginning of these podcasts and we talk about like oh i thought gabrielle should have started over louise i'm like you know what i don't care i just want to see fit players out there you know to an extent yeah. like i i just i understand if he doesn't want to use gabrielle maybe he'll use gabrielle next game and kind of get him back into fitness um so he can rest louise the next time and the, he's just going to need to rotate so many yeah. players in every single position. So all these players that we've we've wanted to, you know, maybe either sell or send out on loan. We're talking, you know, Joe Willock and Reese Nelson, um, maybe Maitland Niles to some extent. Um, we're gonna need them. We're gonna need every last one of them. We need Pepe yeah. to step it up. We need William to wake up um, from the yeah. season long nap he's been on so far. 
and and start playing like because we're gonna have to have games where you know what Aubameyang needs a rest Saka needs a rest Smithrow he just needs a rest he can't play all those games so we just need to keep building the confidence you know I'm glad we've we're on a really good run of form going into this grueling period but man it's just wild looking at that fixture list it is so much yeah. there's so much and it, and there's some really important games because you got to think about you know you know i was talking to you about this just a couple of days ago but top four looks rough right now for us yeah yeah i agree you know like those teams that are in there right now are just separated by a point or a couple points you know some of them and they're really they're playing really well yeah um no one's really you know, dropping like, points consistently. Yeah, I mean so that's Chelsea. Just, They've dropped out of it pretty well, and that's that's yeah, kind of Chel- funny. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like Chelsea and Tottenham, um, are have dropped out of the top four now. I think it's uh, Man United's top, then it's City, Ugh. then it's Leicester, then it's Liverpool. Yep. Um, and I mean, dude, they're really rough teams. So for us to break into that top four, we got to have an unbelievable run of form. Um, you know, this, this last, you know, kind of second part of the season. Um, but, you know, I look at a lot of those games and, I'm, you know, I look at those two Benfica games in the Europa League, you know, we, we can't, you know, we have to go, the way I'm looking at it is it's like, we got to go hardcore for the Europa League. We got to try to yeah. win that competition because it might be our only chance to get back in the Champions That's a League. better shot that we have more of a chance of winning that I feel like than, than getting back into the top four this season. Yeah, but and and that's what makes the first half you know, or that little kind of middle part of the first half of the season so frustrating because I you know I think about you know that Leeds game I think about the Leicester game you know I think Burnley about game. the Burnley you know Ugh. I just think about these games and I'm like man if we would have had kind of our shit together you know we we would yeah. be in a much much stronger yeah. position but yeah you know it is what it is you know the the table doesn't lie i think we're you know we spend the majority of this season in the bottom half of the table and we deserve to be there um based on the way we were playing and now we're in 10th um but yeah it's a it's a tough run of fixtures i, I don't want to even talk about it anymore it's, it's yeah <laughs> it's just stressful so uh it's this yeah i'm glad we got these three points against newcastle it would have been lovely to get it against crystal palace as well be you know, I'm sitting on 30 points right now, um, or yeah. 29 points, excuse me. Um, 29, yeah. So, so yeah, it, it would have been nice, but I mean, we responded as well as we possibly could against Newcastle with a dominant performance, and that's what we need to focus on for now. And roll on Saturday, we got Southampton in the FA Cup, and then quick turnaround, basically a doubleheader against them. Um, we play them Tuesday in the league. Again, just by some weird stroke of luck, we play them twice in such a, a close proximity. I hate when that happens, by the way. I, I don't like playing teams that it's close. It's just boring. It's just boring, but also you have to like be like, oh, they rotated for this game. They didn't for this game. So which one's more important? Which one's more like, you know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of little nuances dude, that get yeah. brought into it. I, I I really hope that we rotate heavily for the FA Cup game. Same. Because if we win that game, then it adds an extra game into our already batshit crazy schedule and yeah. we just won the fa cup we need to focus on the premier league we need to focus on europa league we need to yeah. focus on some other things definitely i mean i loved winning the fa cup and i love being the team in the premier league who's won it more than anybody else but yep. we got bigger goals we have bigger ambitions than just winning the fa cup we really seriously yeah you know, need to start pumping 
Yeah, so it'd be great if we could win the game. Obviously, I'm going to be rooting for us, but I only want to win that game with a heavily rotated side. Um, basically, if we win it with you know the more or less the B team playing, fantastic. I want to see Tierney rested. I want to see Lacazette and Smithrow and Party and like just a good. I don't, Rob see, I don't want to see any of them. Like, like Rob Holding, like all, all these players are becoming so important, and the, they've been if, playing if so I had well to lately. Pick a team, literally, if I had to pick a team for that FA Cup game, here's the team I would pick. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Here's the team I would pick. I would go find a left back from the un, the the under twenty ones. Yeah, <laughs> and he would play, he would play. Yeah, I would play Chambers. Yeah, that's a good I point. Would, I forgot about him. I would play Louise. Yeah, and I would play Ainsley Maitland Niles on the right. Yeah, and then I would play Sabio Nini midfield. Sabio Nini, that's yeah. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> with William at number ten in front of him. Yeah, with William at number ten, and I'd play Incadia, and then I would play Pepe, and I would play Nelson. Pepe and Nelson and Runerson. Yeah, and Rooney <laughs> Runerson. If maybe I was thinking Martinelli might get a shout as a starter, but uh, it's it's you know he, he needs to get some form back after his little got, very tiny injury minutes. layoff, so he he'll, Dude, he'll need a few minutes. No, no, no. no, yeah, you yeah you get him on for the last twenty minutes when we're losing like eight 0 Yeah, okay, yeah, that'll be good. Um, that'll be great, and then we'll beat them in the Premier League when it actually matters when we get our big boys back. But let's um let's leave it there. Yeah, um, and it's mind games. Mind games, bro. Yeah. Like, freaking old Wagner's probably thinking, "Oh, they fucking love the FA Cup. Yeah, they're going for the FA Cup." He's going to play the strong ass teams. We're going to stick it to him. And we're going to play then, the academy kids. Dude. And then but then you know, we're going to play all the kids and then their first team's going to be super tired, but then he's going to be like, "Oh shit." gotta play him what have i done we're gonna, yeah what have i done and then we're gonna smash him in the prim yeah all oh, their hamstrings are gonna go ping um, ding, 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 ding. one can only hope that that happens but i was gonna say let's leave it there there's a great result against newcastle it's a grueling schedule coming up but we have plenty to be positive about fingers crossed for saturday hopefully we see a rotated side and honestly hopefully we get the win just a, a win is never a bad thing. It just keeps the momentum going, keeps the confidence in the whole squad, makes everybody feel a part of it. But let's see a rotated side, um, and let's 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 get another win on Saturday. Um, that oh, one cool, is uh, that one is four fifteen my time, West Coast time. So I don't know if I'll be able to watch that shit. Um, so most likely, what we'll do for a pod uh, is is talk after that Tuesday Premier League game and touch on the FA Cup, unless anything crazy happens and we need to talk about it on Saturday. Or on Sunday, we'll do that. But most likely, we'll 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 speak to you guys again on Tuesday, oh, Wednesday. I didn't, dude, I didn't look at the time. I didn't realize the game was at like seven fifteen. It's seven fifteen. Your so it's early your time. It's at four fifteen my time, dude. Like it's uh it's early. I haven't had it. I haven't had a kickoff that early since we moved out to the West Coast. So that'll be fun. I doubt I, I'm gonna try to wake up for it. I, I I really want to. It's a Saturday. I can take a nap, or I can you know figure it out later. Go to sleep early on Saturday night, but. But we'll see. That, dude. dude, we'll see. Four fifty I don't know. It's just like part of that. Like just my personality. I used to, dude, I used to do shit like just, that all the time. Look, you be the fan you want to be, Fred. God bless <laughs> you. But fuck that, dude. Yeah. I we I'm so glad that we've it's had It's just a game. It yeah. is just a game. You don't yeah. need to do all that. 
Yeah, well, let's see. I, my my wife is pregnant and she's due here in a couple two and a half months or so. Let's uh let's see if I'm I've got this much optimism about waking up at four fifteen once I've had a kid. Um, so don't I, do it, Fred. I imagine things will change then. Um, but for now, fuck it. I'm gonna get up and watch. Um, so we'll we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> Tim, <laughs> why are you laughing? I mean, I'm, I have two kids. I'm, I'm probably, my kids wake up fucking six 30 in the morning. I'm probably not gonna be able to watch the game at seven 15. Cause they're going to be trying to strangle each other downstairs. That's good for but him. Tim. I'll try my That's best. Um, it's good for them. It's good for Arsenal. Um, hopefully you get a dub on Saturday, heavily rotated squad, get a dub in the premier league. Let's get out of here. Great game. Three nil suck at Newcastle. Right. Suck at Steve Bruce. Hope y'all get relegated. Peace out. We'll talk to you guys after that Southampton Premier League game on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.